0: Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 2 is over, but we're just getting started here on Game of Thrones Live on Post Show Recaps. And now here are the two guys who are the Night's Watch know-it-alls. I'm Rob sister Here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you?
1: The most craven
0: guys around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What a wild uh, night here, all around here. Wildling night. Wildling night. We're going to talk about the tiebreak rules of the Night's Watch. Oh my God. We're going to talk about a terrible speech, in my opinion, by Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, she did a terrible job. (laughs) I don't know what she was going for, but whatever it was, I don't think she hit the mark. No, not good. I don't know not what great. she was thinking there. Ideally,
1: ideally, you don't want your like powerful speech to yield hisses. That's probably not the reaction you're going for. Unless this is like some like foreign custom for like them really liking what she was saying, but I don't think so. No. That's not what I got. I know I don't speak Miranese, uh, but that's not the impression I was getting, that they liked this.
0: No, nobody liked that. And... B- so a lot to unpack. We have a, uh, Arya reunited with Jake and Hagar over in Bravo. So, uh, so much to do. And for the first time, Josh, we are live here after a Game of Thrones episode, after our long road to Westeros. Yeah, you and me. I mean, Antonio Mazzaro held
1: down the fort, held down the night fort uh, last week. Did a, fantastic, did a fantastic job uh, writing letters to Pentos yes. with me. Yes, uh, very good. And and now, uh, Rob,
0: you're back. It's um, exciting. I'm back and very excited to talk about this episode. I was really fired up for the show. Long show tonight, right? They go like over an hour? Uh, it was a long show. I don't know if they went
1: over an hour. Uh, it was close. They, But there's a there was a lot of business. I'm just looking through my notes to see how many different storylines we got. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight
0: different storylines oh. tonight. That's a lot. I've got Game four of pages of notes here, Wiggler. It's a lot. It's a lot. Game
1: of Thrones usually, I feel like, um, like five to six is the sweet spot, but to have like eight different storylines in play tonight. It's a lot to juggle, but I'm excited. It's good stuff.
0: A lot going on, of course. So we are live here on Sunday night as we will be the entire Game of Thrones season. So you can go ahead and join us on Post Show Recaps. I know the site is running a little slow tonight. I guess we have too many people wanting to jump in, but assuming you can get through, uh, you can get to Post Show Recaps and chat with us there. Also, we're taking your tweets, the hashtag PSRecaps, or on our YouTube channel at PostShowRecaps.com slash YouTube This is the first of a couple of Game of Thrones podcasts uh, this week. Of course, Josh and I will be back later in the week with Game of Thrones feedback. You can get your voicemails into the show. Anything we don't cover tonight or anything you want to dig in deeper at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Or you could send us an email at got at postshowrecaps.com, Josh. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, And we'll also have another Game of Thrones book club this week.
1: Uh, we are going to be doing that. Terry Schwartz and I are going to do a Game of Thrones book club. Uh, that's the podcast for the people who've read the books. We will be doing that this coming Friday at uh, 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific. We'll be doing that live. So look forward to that coming up this Friday. All
0: right. If you want to get in on all that Game of Thrones content, you can subscribe to our iTunes feed at postshowrecaps.com slash GOT iTunes. We also greatly appreciate any feedback that you can give us. Please, no hisses. Only only misas. no hisses. Misa, Misa. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to kill the Misa, Misa lady. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So where where do you want to start? You want to start with Danny? You want to start with the Night's Watch? Where are you fired up the most? Like, this is, l- let me uh, just hand the keys okay. over to you,
1: Rob. You haven't been live on the air about Game of Thrones in a very long time. What's singing to you? What do you want to talk
0: about? Let's talk about the Night's Watch. Let's talk about the Night's Watch. Okay. Let's do it. Lord Commander Snow. Lord Commander Snow. He had really two different ways he could have gone tonight. He could have been Lord Commander of the Night's Watch or Lord of Winterfell. Josh, tough call. Tough call. By ironically by refusing the invitation, what would you call it? The um, whatever you would call it, the forgiveness, the declaration from Stannis to not be a Stark. Was that the most Stark thing that Jon Snow ever did? Yeah. Don't mistake
1: the fact that Jon Snow, uh, he might not have Stark for a last name. He may have turned down the chance to have Stark for a last name, but that guy is a Stark. He is, uh, he is Ned Stark's bastard, uh, and that was a total Ned Stark bastard move. Uh, that is, that's basically, you know, that's what got Ned into as much trouble as he got into back in the day, you know, just like a very, like a very rigid position on honor and nobility and duty, um, and it's what ended up getting his head cut off. And here is John kind of like slicing off his, his own head in terms of, you know, where he could be standing politically, where he could be standing in his lot in life, just because he's like, well, I'd, I'd love to do that. That sounds great. I'd love to be John Stark. It has a certain ring to it,
0: but especially I, especially if you're I'm a con- Knicks fan.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of sworn to uh kind of sworn to the watch. Why why do you say the Knicks? Is that a sports
0: reference? Yes, I know what the Knicks are. Yes. Yes. There was a, they had a basketball player named John Starks for a, right. in the 90s.
1: Right. Uh, my wife used to uh flirt with a guy named John Stark.
0: Oh, was it the same guy? I don't
1: think it was. No.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Anyway, no, I won't make any more uh basketball jokes. But as far as this goes, you know, for Jon Snow, it's incredulous that he would pass up this opportunity. I mean, it's so it's so stark that he did this, but it wasn't even the idea of, you know what, Stannis, I've got this other thing going on. I think I can be Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. I'm going to pass on Lord Winfield. He didn't even know he was going to be Lord Commander of the Night's Watch.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, wasn't he basically saying... Um, I mean, Stannis and Davos's pitch was essentially leave the watch, become John Snark. John Snark. That'd be a great character, by the way. That's the become- person on our chat. <laughs> yeah, John Snark. That's going to be a Twitter handle if it isn't already. Yeah. But t- become John Stark. Uh, become Lord of Winterfell. Be legitimized. Work with me. Rally behind my cause. I'm going to be the king. I'm Stannis. I'm awesome. You could do all that. And on top of that, Alistair Thorne is probably going to be voted in Lord Commander. Alistair Thorne does not like you very much, does not like your relationship with the Wildlings, doesn't trust you, never has. Uh, if you reject my offer, you're going to be, you know, opting to stay on the wall with, you know, this uh, this Night's Watch douche running the show. Uh, and you really don't want that. And Jon Snow's kind of like, yeah, that does kind of suck. I think I'm going to go with that door anyway. Uh, it's just very, very Jon Snow. It's just vintage Jon Snow, what he's doing here.
0: Vintage Jon Snow. And I have to say, Stannis took the whole thing uh, from last week pretty well. right? He did. Yeah, we thought Stannis was going to be really pissed. He, yeah, you'd think
1: he'd admonish him. I mean, he even says, like, um, you, you know, I, I don't really like it when people, you know, disobey me. You could just ask Davos how gracious and generous I get to be, like, to, to like, the nicest people who kind of slight me. And, you know, Davos sort of flashes his finger, finger free hand. Mm-hmm. And um, Stannis doesn't even do anything with that. Yeah. He's, think at the very least, he'd like cut off a pinky.
0: He cut something off and says like, ah, I like the cut of your jib, Snow. Uh, yeah. So why don't you, you, you blatantly disobeyed me. You made me look like a big idiot in front of everybody. How uh-huh. would you like to be the uh, Lord of Winterfell? Yeah. He says no. No, he, he says, says no. He says no. He says no. You got to think at some point, Stannis is going to get pissed off at some point with Jon Snow, right? Well, yeah, you would think so. I mean,
1: I'm sure that that point has already passed a couple of times. Uh, The problem there is where is Stannis going to go right now? Stannis right this second kind of needs the Night's Watch. I mean, that's where he's shacked up. Uh, This is the roof over his head. And now, no matter how much he doesn't like Jon Snow... Jon Snow just got voted Lord Commander. Jon Snow's in charge. So Stannis has to deal with this dude. Otherwise, he's just going to get torn up. Um, so Stannis doesn't really have a choice. I mean, he doesn't have to like Jon Snow. He might like Jon Stark a whole lot better. But uh, Jon Snow is what he's getting. And it's not just Jon Snow anymore. It's Lord Commander Snow. Okay, He's got to deal with LCS. <laughs>
0: So could we just talk about the vote here at the uh, Night's Watch? Because that was a very fun scene, I thought. Okay, so we have to name a new commander. We got to see a little bit of the politics of the Night's Watch. And of course, we knew Alistair Thorne was running for uh, commander of the Night's Watch. Uh, And then a second guy, Dennis Malister, right? That was another guy that was running.
1: And I believe, actually, just um, for those who don't know, I think that the actor who played that character died very shortly after uh, filming this role. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, this was a story that was reported, I think, in the fall, uh, maybe over the summer, that this actor died very shortly after finishing his scene. So uh, rest in peace. You won't be seeing him on the show anymore.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Um, well. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. I was not ready not for to, that. To, I was not, not prepared out, for that. Rob, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. And then uh, so we have the we have the voting.
1: And then just you to, sort just of just to say though, if like the last few days on Earth are filming Game of Thrones, that's not so bad.
0: I mean, at the wall though. I mean, it would be one thing wall, if you were true. in Dorne or something like that. Yeah, you'd want like King's Landing. Yeah. But then we have Sam steps up. And Josh, what was your take on Sam? during this scene. It's like he got up there and he was it was like a roast.
1: Yeah, it was great. I just loved him giving all of that shade to Jano Slint, like, you're a baby. You were hiding with women and children and you were you were when I found you, you were in a puddle of your own making. You're a loser. You suck. <laughs> Nobody listened to Jano Slint. It's just more of Sam being the man. I'm telling you, this is the season of Sam.
0: It really was a great job by Sam. And he was like so composed. He wasn't even like ranting. He was just, like, you know, firing. Boom, boom, boom. And then he gives the big stump speech for Jon Snow. Yeah, well, he has precedent, right? I mean, the youngest
1: Lord Commander of the Night's Watch was, was it 10, 11 years old, apparently? <laughs> Lord Ostrich Stark. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, Jon Snow is young, but there's been younger. Uh, so he feels probably pretty sure. And, you know, the, the case for Jon Snow speaks for itself. Granted, Alistair Thorne's case speaks for itself as well, Alistair Thorne being somebody who has been on the wall for a very long time, um, is somebody who was very brave during the big battle on the wall and did get injured. And sure, Jon Snow takes over from that point forward. But Alistair was great while he was active. Uh, and Alistair raises the very valid point of, do you guys want somebody who's going to fight wild things or somebody who's going to make love to them as your leader? Uh, and, you know, he's got a point. And I think there's a reason why the vote was as close as it was.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel like if I was Jon Snow, I feel like my platform might be like, hey, the Wildlings aren't the problem here. White Walkers are the problem. Like, uh, you know, Wildlings, like, I'll be honest, they're not great. But that's the big problem here is the White Walkers. That's what that's really what we got to worry about.
1: Yeah. Uh, The thing about that, though, is Jon Snow doesn't really have a platform because he doesn't know he's running until he's running (laughs) and until the vote so you know he's not going to have much of a speech to give but there was that moment where alicer says that line he says do you want to choose a man who has fought wildlings all his life or a man who makes love to them and john doesn't even retort you know he doesn't even stand up and defend himself i think that he should have said what you said just there yeah Uh, he doesn't even bother then maybe it would have been a bigger vote He's a little bit like a touche yeah touche (laughs) salesman yes uh but yeah it it doesn't ultimately matter because he gets the vote
0: yeah all right, so the votes come in, and it's a good thing that they had a third set of voting tiles there. Um, it was very Survivor-esque of, you know, go ahead and, all right, it is time to vote. Uh, and everybody goes up to, I mean, did people get to say, like, their little, like, quip as they voted? Like, uh, like uh, my votes tonight is for Jon Snow, and I think he's the, he's the coolest guy here. Yeah. He's got the best hair. Yeah, and, uh, my,
1: my votes for Alice or Thorne. and frankly, <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my votes for Dennis Malister because <laughs> that guy is, yeah. Um. But so then the votes come in, and it was a, it was a tie vote, and uh, very. I, I really like the way that they stack the things up. You could really uh, tell who has more votes very easily. But uh, did you like the tie break rules? of the Night's Watch, that Maester Eamon gets to break the tie. Should it not have been everybody who voted for Dennis Malister has to re-vote? You would
1: think that there would be a re-vote. And then if it was a tie again, then I guess maybe it comes down to Maester Eamon. But you would think there'd be a re-vote. You would think that the people who voted for Dennis would be able to change their vote. Yes. Was Jon Snow allowed to vote? Uh, I would assume Jon Snow was allowed to vote. He probably voted for Dennis Malister.
0: Yeah, what, were the people who were running allowed to vote? And did they Is this in the books, Josh? Um did they explain the rules
1: better in the books? Uh, if they explain the rules better, I don't recall them offhand. But I mean, of course, this is in the books that Jon Snow is going to win the vote to become Lord Commander. He's the he is the nine hundred ninety eighth Lord Commander of the Night's Watch.
0: Wow. So close to number one thousand. So close.
1: Not quite an even number, but <laughs> or well, an even number, but not a round number. Uh, but close, 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 close.
0: Okay. So Jon Snow is Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and is, we'll this,
1: s- is this how um, if, if uh, the final three on Survivor ever gets locked up, is that how the tie is going to be settled? Prost gets to vote?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, well if it's a tie between two of the people, I still think that on uh, in survivor rules, the people that voted for the third place finisher would have to then vote for one of the, one of the two people that were tied. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's,
1: that seems more fair than Night's that Black. seems
0: more fair. But who kn- who knows? Maester Eamon gets to uh, break the tie. Did Maester you, Eamon know which person he was voting for either? Is that possible <laughs> that it, was, it might have been a mistake? Oh, wait, I meant to vote for Alistair. No, <laughs> for, for for Malister. Yeah, we're all in trouble.
1: OK, yeah, what if he had voted for for Dennis? Then we would still have a tie. We would still have a, t-
0: still have a like, tie. I really
1: wanted to vote for Dennis.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we have so many different things to get to. I know we could go on and on about Jon Snow, but is there, is there anything else from, uh, from the stuff at the, at the wall? Uh, I mean, I guess Shireen's mom is really mean. Yeah, yeah. And again, and more, more similarities between the wall and uh, Survivor with uh, Shireen figuring prominently in what's happening.
1: Yeah, Shireen is fraternizing with the enemy. Yeah, don't like that.
0: Yeah, people don't like that. People don't want uh, Shireen. Uh, <laughs> Shireen is trying to educate everybody on what's going on. Yeah, it's, she's she's fanning out too hard at the Night's Watch. She's yeah. like, oh,
1: I've always wanted to be
0: here. Yes. Are you pumped up to see Shireen teaching Gilly how to read? Uh, yeah, I would think that Sam would, would be the one to do it, but I guess he's a bad teacher. Yes.
1: Why does Gilly need to know how to read? I don't know. It's a useful skill to have for most uh, human beings, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, I just felt like tonight. Um, while I thought it was a fun scene, I did feel like that was the biggest scene where we spent with Shireen and Gilly and Sam. That I was like, okay, we got a lot of other things going on here. Let's get. We only got an hour show.
1: I feel like there was some important business dropped in that scene.
0: Yes. What do you? What was it
1: that you were feel, keyed in on? I feel like I feel like the grayscale thing isn't nothing. The gr- Chekhov's grayscale. Chekhov's grayscale. I I, I would say.
0: Okay. So. Uh, that we had the grayscale at Craster's Keep. Craster uh, ended up uh, killing off two of the daughters that had it. Do you think that it is a big deal as far as Shireen's grayscale being contagious? Um, I think that it it could be a possibility. I mean, Gilly
1: certainly seems kind of skeptical about the fact that Shireen is alive. Like, she has no idea how that's even possible and even Shireen doesn't really know. Uh, She's just like, some people tried some stuff. I guess it worked. Um, I would just say, I think that the grayscale scene is not in there for no reason.
0: Okay, good. Well, I'm happy to hear that because I would hate to find out that things were in there for no reason.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be Game of Thrones ever.
0: Let's talk about Danny and let's talk about what went on here. And I'm really kind of confused on what ultimately Danny was trying to do. Sure. You know, she I feel like she's sort of like caught in between a rock and a a hard place here. A hard stone. A hard stone. Because uh, I really think that uh, she needs Tyrion to get here as soon as possible. However, Tyrion is like they need to f- go fly Drogon to go where Tyrion is and bring him in. Because she really is hurting from the political standpoint. Is She's, that like is that like a dragon Uber? Like a you get if yeah. you call it you call a druber druber.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. And come, they, come pick me up. I need to get to Danny fast. Money is no
0: expense. Yes, I just got to get there conveniently and quickly. Yes. I mean, Drogon could just come in and pick up that thing that Tyrion is riding in and just carry it to Danny. Pick because, up the box. Yes, because yeah. she really needs, uh, you know, him as an advisor, because this panel of Grey Worm and Sir Barristan and Dario, uh, they're not doing any, any favors.
1: And there, there's no unity too. Like everybody has something to say. There is no unity. They just don't have they're not on message with each other. Uh, Barrison is saying one thing the ex-slave is saying something else Hisdar has another opinion Dario kind of is just waiting to go to the bedroom with Danny. Um, so she just doesn't have anybody who's consistently telling her the same thing I think what's interesting is if Jorah was here I feel like Jorah and Barriston would probably be on the same page and I feel like at least she would be able to get some sense of where to go with this uh, but like her advisors are just like telling her a million different things
0: yeah, they just like foobarred this whole thing where it was like, okay, they, they got her to say, okay, Sir Barrison is like, listen, don't be like your dad, the mad king. You got to have a trial for this guy. Okay, right. great. So we're going to have a trial for the guy who killed one of the Unsullied in the last episode. Great. Then this guy comes along and then ends up, you know, murdering the person that killed one of the Unsullied. And then... So instead of a trial for that guy, now we're just going to execute that guy. It was almost like the whole point of all this was, let's not just go execute people. Let's have a trial. And then the guy who killed somebody was waiting for a trial, we're not going to have a trial for that guy. We're just going to execute him. Yeah, just ice him off with his head. And why did they have to do that in front of everybody? It's a bad call, Rob. It was. A I, I just, it call. was like shades of Joffrey and Ned Stark in front of everybody, except that the crowd uh, was into the Ned Stark thing. I mean, is it possible Joffrey was a better king than Daenerys is a queen? No, I think I think Joffrey was a more
1: consistent king than Danny is as a queen. I think at the very least, Joffrey. Um, You know, he was cruel all the way through from the beginning. You know, the first time we see him as a king, uh, I don't know if the first thing we see from him is him uh, chopping off Ned's head or if it's when he pulls the guy's tongue out. Regardless, like everything that we see from Joffrey from the very, very beginning is cruel, cruel, cruel. Where Danny comes to Meereen under this platform of no more slavery. We're taking out all of the masters. We are making everybody equal. No more chains. None of that. Um, And now the people who she has liberated, she is, you know, kind of making this big display of saying, like, we're all equal, everything's fair, everything's good. And in doing that, she's killing one of the people that she liberated and turning all of the opinion of those people against her. It's not bad enough that the masters hate her for ruining the status quo. Now the slaves aren't so thrilled either. So she just pissed everybody off. Uh, She did not think this one all the way through.
0: Higher approval rating. Joffrey or Daenerys uh, in the I A, say, AP, right track, wrong track, Paul? Uh,
1: uh, Joffrey in his heyday versus Danny now, right? Yes. I think Joffrey has higher approval ratings than Danny in this very moment. <laughs> Danny in this it's very worse moment. Worse than Joffrey. Yeah, Danny in this very moment, stock is uh, plummeting. Plummeting.
0: Really not good. She's getting rocks thrown at her. Rocks. Yes. Freaking uh, rocks. Frank Underwood says Danny needs to say she's not going to run. Yeah, what would Frank Underwood say to Danny right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would he
1: say? What what, what advice would uh, Francis have for Daenerys?
0: Now, look, everybody here, and that nobody wants to have slavery, okay? Uh, but he, I, he has better approval ratings than Daenerys. I mean, it, it just is a disaster, everything going on with Danny. And Josh, you know, what is the point? Again, this is a, a probably a loaded question. Why is Danny even holding Marine in the first place? Yeah,
1: um, well, I think that she has felt like you know I think that the whole Misa moment, um, this moment where she is finding herself loved by people, finding people who need her, finding a kingdom. It's almost like I don't need to go to Westeros. Like this is my kingdom. These are my people. These are the people that I need to take care of. Uh, so I feel like being in Marine, like she doesn't feel like she can just. Come here and you know liberate them and and do all this stuff without actually reforming the place. Uh, she can't just like do all of this and move on. She doesn't want to. She wants to. She wants to make everything in Slavers Bay you know legit. She wants to clean this place up. And I think that she wants to do that before she even thinks about the Seven Kingdoms. Um, I think she's finding that that is a lot easier said than done. Uh, I think that. Uh, ruling in concept um, and, you know, winning battles, winning wars, I think is a very different thing than ruling in practice. And I think that that's something that she is discovering she's either not suited for or not prepared for.
0: Yeah. And is it like a pottery barn thing now where now that Danny has broken Marine, she owns it. She has, she can't just leave with the Unsullied tomorrow. You bought it, you pay for it. Oh you know, she, I, th- I think that's how she
1: feels. And I think that she feels like she's bought into this and she's got to see it through. Um, and, you know, that might be very bad for for Danny based on how tonight shook out. Uh, she's got a lot of work cut out for her if she wants to make this uh, situation, you know, smoother. going to take a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, to just go from the undying love of, you know, the thousands and thousands of slaves that she freed, to then being his, and they hate her, and now they're going to, they want (laughs) to, I mean, it's, I don't know why, what she was thinking. What did she think the reaction was going to be? I don't know, that they were going to be like, Oh, nice, that was great, good call, Like, do that. Well, yep, he had it coming, you know, she said don't do that. Yeah,
1: how hard would this have been to cover up? You mean like... The
0: whole thing. Like, how hard would it be to
1: cover up that they killed this guy uh, in prison? Did, like, did everybody know that this son of the harpy had been caught? Right. That this random guy who killed the Unsullied. Did anybody like... Was there a news flash? Was there a bulletin? Well, Is It the, probably
0: would have gone out on, you know, on Marine Twitter... Yeah, Yeah, it would have been trending. The Marine Gazette a widely circulated thing throughout town.
1: Like, was it really well known that this one rando son of the harpy had even been caught? (laughs) How how difficult would it have been to just you know knock this person out and just say like, all right, don't do that again. Bad. That's a that's a bad former slave. Yeah. Uh, You know how hard would that have been? If nothing else, I mean, I don't know. You know, you, you might risk by by pardoning this guy by slapping him on the wrist. You might you might risk uh pissing off the sons of the harpy more i guess but these guys already hate you you know you're already trying to combat these people why are you just pissing off the people who like you i don't know bad decisions all around highly questionable i'm questioning them along with everybody tonight.
0: okay now in some way could this be a good thing for danny that it sort of frees her up to just get the hell out of there we had drogan return to danny tonight um, But then for a hot minute could have been hotter with that. Yeah, it could have been a lot hotter Was that just uh, a check in or is it that uh, has he finally come home? I think Drogan was checking. He's like,
1: hey, mom. You
0: OK? You good?
1: I heard what happened. you all right. You're doing OK. Yeah. All Everybody's right,
0: talking about it. It was huge in the Gazette today. Yeah,
1: it's like, OK, and food. And then he leaves. You know, it's like classic teenager stuff. You're only vaguely aware that your parents are hurting. Uh, so he just like came in for a quick check. He's like, I heard you're bad. I heard you're feeling sad. I just wanted to say, hey, okay, now I'm going to go do my thing again. Um, I think that the point of that scene where he just pops in and says, hi, uh, I don't think that it means he's here to stay. It means he's still around, um, but he's not responding to Danny. He's not listening to her. He's not you know, taking her direction anymore. If, if he was, he would have still been there. I think that Danny wouldn't have just let him ride off immediately again. Um, so my interpretation of that was Danny still does not have control over Drogon. Drogon's going to do what Drogon's going to do. But what Drogon's going to do apparently still involves Marine. So he's still around, still hanging out.
0: Is it possible that Danny has united both the slavers and the slaves to, to be united in a common cause against her? Did, has she created unity in Marine that everybody can get along now? I don't think so. I mean, you see that the instant reaction is
1: people are hissing at Danny, but then it becomes, you know, a brawl between the slavers and the former slaves. Um, So I think that their their bad blood between each other is still so thick and red that it's going to be really difficult to override that. I don't think that Danny is public enemy number one necessarily, but it's just like nobody likes each other now. Everybody hates each other. Yeah. Um, So it's I I don't know that it's enough to to unify these two parties against Danny. I just think it's like now everybody's kind of against each other and Danny's going to have to figure out what to do with that.
0: But it's becoming increasingly clear that Danny just needs in, in this small council. Amateur hour is over. She needs Varys. She needs Tyrion. And hopefully those two guys can come in here and just fix everything that's broken. That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, get get the get the crew in. You know, bring in the bring in the bring in the Master of Whispers Bring in the Master of Coin, uh, the the sometime hand of the king. Bring in the elite crew. It's time to get the real deal on board. I think uh, we really we've got a bad PR situation on our hands here in Marine, and we need the A team. We okay. need the A squad and that's Tyrion and Varys.
0: Let's just talk about those two guys here since we're since we already brought them up and they didn't have a lot to do tonight. Sure. Uh, Tyrion and Varys, they're on the road to Volantis to eventually get to the road to Marine. Both of those would be great podcasts. Yeah. Is that fun for you? Um sure, I guess so. Um but I like that whole conversation about how, you know, people find them repulsive, uh, but they're the people that really uh, they can't stay away from ruling the people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they keep like surrounding themselves in boxes on boxes on boxes. They, they're they always trapping themselves in boxes. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting conversation of how Varys and Tyrion. And, you know, there's something to it that like they're the brains behind this operation. They're the ones that are keeping people alive and keeping wheels in motion um, and coming up with these, these brilliant ideas of, of how to govern the land and they're getting zero credit for it because they're looked at like freaks, you know, Tyrion being a dwarf and Varys being a eunuch. No one wants to follow these guys because everyone's so shallow and superficial. Uh, No one can look past that stuff. Um, And it's both of them talking about how they're kind of resigned to the fact that that sort of glory is never going to be theirs. And, you know, maybe if this was Lord of the Rings, that wouldn't be true Maybe the, you know, the, the Hobbits will be successful and everyone's gonna bow before the Hobbits. Uh, but you gotta imagine that in the world that's been established by Game of Thrones, that there's a lot of truth to what Varys is saying, where like we're not gonna be like, you know, revered as the heroes. We're Varys and freaking Tyrion.
0: Yeah. So we really need for Danny to get her act together. We need to really put together this dream team of people. So she needs, you know, we need to get her. You know, Tyrion, we need to get her Varys. We need to get somebody who can warg and control the dragons. And then once we've assembled this not, dream not this team, <laughs> yes, once we've assembled this whole dream team for her, then she can go to Westeros, right?
1: Yeah, it's like the Olivia Pope and associates of Westeros, I think would, would be a good thing to have. Get Tyrion, Lannister and associates on the case. Yeah, uh, it's, it's handled.
0: It's almost like Trivial Pursuit. You have to get like all of the different pie pieces. And then once she has that, then she can move to the center. Did you say pie? (laughs) Are you stoked on pie? I'm stoked on pie. Okay. So let's go ahead and... I'm I'm Lala Stokeworth on pie. Yes. All right. Let's talk about uh, Aria because we didn't get to see her last week. Here we are. She opens the show. She almost closes the show. I thought she was going to close the show, but we went back to Danny And we see Aria on Bravos, And finally, she gets to where she wants to go. She gets to the house of black and white. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just because we were talking about
1: pie, my my head is just going to baked goods. I was hoping for some black and white cookies.
0: (laughs) Black and white cookies. That's where they should sell them at the souvenir shop of the house of black and white. Yeah, I think that
1: they're missing an opportunity if they're not doing that.
0: Yes. All right. So she gets there and we think that, okay. Here we go. Finally, we've been waiting all summer, all year to get to this point. And she goes there, and basically, they tell her, you know, nobody's home. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And uh, yeah, she says, I'd nowhere else to go. And the guy's like, little lady, you got everywhere to go. You have you everywhere, else, everywhere to else to
1: go. Uh, you're not hanging out here. Not hanging out in, in my house, black and white.
0: Yeah. And so she ends up just sitting out there for seemingly the entire night. Just uh, Cersei, Walter Frey, The Mountain, Meryn Trent, over, over and over again. The list got pretty short. Yeah, the list is short now. I guess too many other people
1: died. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe Bruce Bolton isn't on that list. Yeah. So you, you would think that's a guy that should be on that list.
0: Does she know all of the gory details? Probably
1: not. Probably yeah. not.
0: Does she know exactly what was going on? I mean, Theon's not on the list. Theon's not on
1: the list. Yeah, these are people who would be on the list if she
0: knew. You would think so. But anyway, so she's down to a top four, baby. And so she just goes over the whole list. And then she just throws the Bravosi coin into the water. Could you believe it? Yeah, she's done. She's over this. She's over it. But why not say, ah, this coin was uh, not that great. Let me put it in my pocket. Yeah. You know, it
1: was very dramatic of her. She's still a kid. You Did know, she kids. make a wish?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Down here, this was her time. Um, yeah, that's that's where Jake and Hagar got it from. He yeah. was in the Goonies well. Yeah. I'm taking it back. Yeah. This one was Arya's. She gave this one to me. Yeah. Okay. So then later on in the episode, we come back. Arya is going to, uh, you know, throw down with some thugs in the streets of Bravos. Did you think Arya was going to be able to take those guys? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I thought so too.
1: But- I mean, come on. We've seen Arya take on harder men than that. Like we've seen her take on some real badasses and she's been fine. Uh, when she says, um, what does she say? She says nothing. Th- they, I think they said that sword is worth a hundred pigeons. And she says nothing's worth anything to dead men. You believe her. You buy that. You buy that she is capable of delivering on that promise. She's Arya Stark. She's a badass. Don't underestimate her. You do so at your own peril.
0: Absolutely. And so then there's the same guy from the house of the black and white and then Arya follows him all the way there which it seemed like that was on an island so I don't know how she followed him uh, on on the boat or she, maybe she, she shared a boat with him and yeah, got and got back there and then it turns out now Josh I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly now it was that actually Jake and Hagar um, or was it the guy who was there could also do the face of Jake and Hagar he said he's no one uh, so is it is that the same guy that was at Harren Hall in season two? I think that that is up for interpretation. Um,
1: my interpretation would be probably, yeah, um, but that would be it, it would be very strange if that was not the case. Um, But I think I just want to make sure because I've been calling him Jake and Hagar. I think we can keep calling him Jake and Hagar, uh, just at least if nothing else, for the sake of ease. Uh, But what he is insinuating here, I believe, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school to say this is I think what he is saying is like, it doesn't matter what my name is. It doesn't matter who I am. Uh, All that matters is is what I can do and what I'm what I'm doing. Um, and once you get to that place, then, you know, then we can talk now we can talk shop. Um, so I think that's kind of the lesson he's trying to impart on her here, uh, is, uh, you know, me as Jake and Hagar, I don't really give a crap about the name. I could wear any face and I'll be fine. Um, and I think that maybe that's where we're looking at, at Aria trying to get to, trying to get to that level, which is kind
0: of hardcore to think about. Could Jake and Hagar be a woman if you wanted to? uh i mean he could be an old black dude so i think maybe he could be a lady no, why not mix, it, why not mix it up yeah i don't think it would be that hard for him to do yeah i i think so be an attractive woman be a really tall person be yeah. a be a fat guy be a mix it up yeah could he be like a cow could he be a cow i'm not sure if he could be a cow or direwolf yes i don't just, know just people just people <laughs>
1: um yeah but he could probably do that he could probably be a lady oh uh, whoa okay I think so. Jake and Hagar would be a, an attractive lady. Yeah.
0: We have to ask Prince Doran if it's, uh, if it's Constable Odo rules on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on, on Jake and Hagar. Right. All right. So is Arya there to learn how to be the faceless woman? I think that she was, the, listen, I think
1: that the reason she's there is she's looking for a friendly face. You know, she well, has that's no the wrong world.
0: place to go.
1: Yeah, well, there, there might be friendly faces. Yeah. yeah many friendly faces. Um, no, I think that she's there for a friendly face. I think she's there because back in Westeros, there's nothing there for her anymore. Everybody she thinks that she knows and loves is dead. Um, she has left the Hound behind. She's wandering on her own. She's looking to get the hell out of this hell that she's found herself in over the past several seasons. Uh, she comes to Braavos. I don't think that she has a plan to become, um, you know, one of Jake and Hagar's types of people. I think that she probably just wants to reunite with Jake and Hagar. He gave her that coin and said, you know, come find me. Um, So I think she's coming to find him. I think that now that she has found him and now that she has come upon this place where he seems to to work or reside or be associated with at least, it certainly seems to me like that is the path that she at least for the foreseeable future will be walking down. Uh, And my question to you, Rob, is what do you think of that?
0: Well, I think for uh, Maisie Williams, I think that this was a bad move uh, in her contract in her contract. Yeah, she should have uh, gotten a, some sort of a rewrite to not potentially have a position where they could recast her at any moment, and just have her give her a new face.
1: Yeah, this would have been this would have been a great move on the writers parts if they could have found a way to Jerry Rig Isaac Hempstead, write the Bran Stark character uh, <laughs> to thread his character through the House of Black and White at one point.
0: Yeah, that would have been better
1: that would have been good cuz then he wouldn't look like he's 25 years old. I mean,
0: but that being said, if your aria and your entire, you know, mission in life is just to get vengeance on people, you know, it'd be nice to be able to be, you know, sort of like change your face and then you could sneak into uh King's Landing and kill Cersei and then you could sneak in and kill Marin Tran and then you could sneak into the, you know, the uh the the twins and then kill Walder Frey. Uh so that uh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. That would turn out to be nice. And I,
1: I think that, <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Arya is she's been learning so much already. You know, she's come such a long way from being just like, you know, a little, you know, one of, one of the, the noble ladies of Winterfell. You know, she's learned how to water dance thanks to Serio Pharrell. She learned a lot more about assassinating people from Jake and Hagar already. She learned a ton on the road about how to be fierce and how to protect yourself uh, with the Hound. And now to add, you know, potentially like face changing assassination to her resume. This is a pretty lethal killer. You know, I think that give me like the the tournament of all of the characters in Game of Thrones. uh, Toss her into the mix. into like Game of Thrones Mortal Kombat. And I feel like she's doing pretty well. I, I like Arya's odds a lot if she can go through something like this and really learn a thing or two. I would be very nervous to be one of the four names still on her list.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead. I mean, we still have like nine things to talk about, so we gotta move. Keep moving. Uh, Where do you want to go next? Um, Let's let's go to King's Landing because from King's Landing we could go to Dorne. Okay, great. Let's let's
1: do King's Landing and Dorne in in one shot. All
0: right. So we start in King's Landing with Jamie. I'm sorry, with Cersei opening up the what would you call that? The present. A A present. A gift. Jack in the box. (laughs) <laughs> Which is a uh, jackin
1: a jackin in the box?
0: <laughs> no, that's different. Could this be Jack and Hagar the snake? No, well, I, it could be, but I don't think so. No, no, no. no. And the snake has Marcella's necklace. Correct. That's not.
1: Common. Um, that's not great. <laughs> that's not great for all the reasons that Cersei goes ahead and tells us is. Oh my God! They've got they've got her daughter, and uh, we basically are responsible for the death of Oberyn Martell and and his sister way back when, and. The Dornish are threatening us. They're saying that they're going to kill our daughter. This is no good. Um, yeah, it's it's horrible news. This is very bad news. And Cersei, who's already lost a child, is not really in the market to lose another.
0: Yeah, that was not really great. Now, no, just great. refresh my memory. So um, they sent Marcella to Dorn during, you know, during the second season, back when they needed the Dornish people to do what? Because they didn't really do that much, right?
1: Uh, why did they send Marcela to Dorne? Yes. I, I think it's just, you know, the Dorne, the Dornish are so irascible. Uh, you know, they, they really, they act on their own accord. They do what they want. They've got princes and princesses there and nobody else in the seven kingdoms uses those titles because, you know, eff it. We're Dorne. We do what we want. We do what we like. Um, and I think with the seven kingdoms as tenuous as they were, Tyrion is doing what he can to smooth things over with, with a country that does not particularly care for the Lannisters to begin with. It's a big olive branch. It's saying, hey, why don't you marry into the royal family? We can try and move past everything that we're doing. So I think it was a good...
0: Don't join Stannis.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was a a good political move for Tyrion at the time. But once Tyrion is removed from power, there's really no one to massage that relationship anymore.
0: Okay. So Jamie ends up saying he's going to go to Dorne to bring back Marcella. Good idea? Or best idea. Best idea! Wow, I I don't think it sounds like a great idea at all. No, it's, it doesn't sound like a great idea. It sounds like a heroic idea. Heroic idea, sure, sure. Um, I mean, you think that Jamie he just got back to uh, King's Landing, and then he's ready to go out on the road again.
1: How's he doing with the you know being left-handed?
0: Well, not great, but that's probably part of the reason why he brings in
1: his teacher. Yeah, good move. Um, maybe bad move. For Jamie, Rob, but great move for the show and great move for our ongoing entertainment uh, value here with Game of Thrones. The fact that we are now looking at a storyline of uh, Jamie and Braun on the road. This is great. This is a great duo. Uh, road trips have been fantastic on Game of Thrones already. Getting Jamie and Braun on the road together could be a really, really fun time. Could yeah. be a great time at the movies.
0: Yep. And it's not a huge road trip, I think, from King's Landing to Dorn. It's not huge. It's as south as south goes in Westeros. But,
1: you know, um, I don't think it's as long of a trek from King's Landing to Dorn as it is from King's Landing even to Winterfell. I think it's a shorter distance. So sure. it's not like a super, super trek. And depending on how they get there, you know, maybe it's not going to be too bad. But um, it's going to be a trek for sure. Uh, people have made that trek in the history of the Seven Kingdoms, as you can read about in the world of ice and fire. And it hasn't gone so well for some people. Um, so we will, we will <laughs> what see how does it goes in Westeros. Nothing. Nothing. Lemon cakes, if you can get them. Those yeah. always go well.
0: OK, so we're going to have now Braun, who is with uh, his, his girlfriend. What's her name? Lala. Yeah, Lala Stokeworth. Lollis Stokeworth. Uh, and jokes on Pyeworth. Yes. And she's going on and on and on about her sister. Her sister is mean. She pulls her hair. Uh, Braun has a line there. He says that, uh, you know, mean people tend to get what's coming to them. Uh, yeah. That seems like a more important line then we're just talking about uh, Lala's sister. You mean like a meta commentary? Yes,
1: yes. Like a, pro- a promise that the mean people in this story are going to get theirs.
0: I feel like that maybe it's the show saying like, uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of bad things that have happened. Hang in there. Mean sure. people are going to get theirs.
1: Sure, sure. And I mean, we've seen a bit of that. We've seen, you know, Joffrey died. That was great. Uh, Tywin got his, you know, we enjoyed watching Tywin, but he was a bad dude. Um, there are still plenty of bad dudes out there that are deserving of, uh, of, of, a swift beheading at, at, uh, at least, uh, you would think if not a more drawn out demise. Um, you know, that being said, if that's the lesson that we're supposed to take from that comment that Bron makes that, uh, mean people get what's coming to them, it doesn't preclude that, you know, nice people get what's not no. coming to them. No. You know, I mean, we've seen a whole lot of that and I, and I would be, um, I would, I would be astonished if we don't see more of that moving forward in Game of Thrones I think that people we like people we love I think we will still lose those people along the way but I do think that the worm has turned to Grey a certain worm. the gray worm has turned to a certain degree in terms of um some of these bad guys have been getting theirs and hopefully that's a you know that's an upward trend hopefully that's going to continue soon
0: okay so Bron and Jamie are on the road and if they succeed then Bron will get a much better girl and a much better castle which you can't ask for a better deal than that
1: Can't ask for a better deal than that. I wonder what castle he'll get. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. But yeah, (laughs) poor Braun, he's been putting all this legwork in with with Lawless and now it's all out the window. Well, he seemed pretty bored. He seemed a little bored.
0: (laughs) He seemed pretty It's Like, okay, that's fine. Did you like
1: how he looked like Prince Humperdinck in like his royal clothes? Humperdinck, yes. Humperdinck! (laughs) Uh, Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. He kind of did though. He looked really froofy. He had like the really puffy like blue and gold thing. It just was not very Braun.
0: No, it was not. Okay. Ron
1: Humperdinck. Not
0: a good look. All right. Let's go and check out what's going on in Dorne. We get our first view of Dorne in Game of Thrones. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, it was nice. It was, it was about what I expected. It looks pretty good. Yes. And they're down there and they're in the, what is it? The water gardens? The water gardens. The water gardens. And then here is uh, Dr. Bashir. He's the, the Prince of Dorne. Yeah. Doran Martell, Dr. Bashir, your favorite. Yes. Okay. Are you a big Dr. Bashir guy? (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say I was a big Dr. Bashir guy. I think that if I was going to do my uh, Star Trek Doctor power rankings, I think he's probably, he's probably, you know, maybe number four on the list. Wow. He's number one, Bones. Yeah, I think think you go uh, McCoy, Crusher, Doctor, and then then, uh, Bashir. I think that's probably right. I think that's probably that's probably about right. Yeah. Um, but that being said, OK, um, the what is the name of the woman that he is uh, that he is arguing that his wife? No, that's not his wife. Uh, that's a, uh, his sister. We're, we're going to back it up. We're going to okay, refresh your up. memory.
1: We're going to refresh your memory. That's Alaria Sand. Uh, she is the lady who came to King's Landing with Oberyn Martell.
0: She was the Red Vipers oh, lady. Oh, well, she though. has a new ha- new hairdo.
1: New hairdo, and frankly, uh, played by Indira Varma, a very good actress in a lot of great shows, uh, lot, lots of great roles from her over the years. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't remember what she sounded like back in season four but i feel like she's like got a thicker accent this season i don't know if that was just me really throwing us off yeah i feel like she changed her accent a little bit between seasons but maybe not she didn't have a ton of screen time in season four um her most memorable moment is screaming uh her face off uh when the red viper's face came off uh she was she had a really horrible reaction to that and that's kind of burned into my memory just from having. uh, subjected myself to that scene as many times as I have because it's a great scene. Disgusting. Yes,
0: okay, great. so uh, but I that's who she is, and that's
1: that's why she's so pissed off that uh, Doran Martell, who is Doctor Bashir, uh, is Oberyn Martell's brother. He seems to be doing nothing about this.
0: Yeah, she Jake and haggard me with her haircut. <laughs> That's what's going on. Yeah, I would be, I would be such an easy uh, idiot in Bravos. You're an easy mark for uh, again. Or. I thought I asked you last week if if Lawrence Tyrell if they got a different actor if they Bobby Drapered him because he got a different haircut.
1: No, no, they didn't Bobby Draper him. And that, not Loris Tyrell. Uh, and, uh Lan- Lancel Lannister. Lancel Lancel Lannister. Yeah. Yes. Uh they didn't. They didn't. Bobby Draper, Alaria Sand, but or I think Laura Tyrell had the same boys.
0: haircut the whole way through. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, great hair. Great hair. Great
1: yeah, hair. Alaria Sand is pissed off at uh, Prince Doran. Um, Doran does not seem to want to do much. Uh, I don't know what's your take should he be moving against um against the Lannisters they do have uh the princess in their captivity or in their in their clutches at least should they be doing what she says and sending her
0: back no. one finger at a time No don't do that Marcella seems like a nice Lannister of all the, of all the Lannisters we've seen she seems uh, very nice she has never done anything anything bad she's had very little screen time through 5 seasons of Game of Thrones but yeah. the times that we've seen her much like Tommen She has been uh, very anti-Joffrey. Yeah, no, it's true. Do not cut her and send her back piece by piece to Cersei. Yeah, fair enough. Now, uh, Josh, could you set up the Sand Snakes? Sand Snakes, what do you want to know? Uh, So uh, the Sand Snakes are who? Those are the, 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 the bastard children of Oberyn Martell? Okay, yeah, so the Sand Snakes, who just get
1: name-dropped a little bit here, Hilarious says the Sand Snakes are itching for some vengeance on the Red Viper, uh, for the Red Viper. The Sand Snakes are Oberyn Martell's bastard daughters. Um, I don't don't know what else to say beyond that, because I feel like, first off, we'll get to them whenever they pop up, Uh, but whenever they do pop up, they are Oberyn Martell's bastard daughters. So you can expect that they're probably going to be pretty awesome. Um, so the sand snakes is something really fun that I think we're building up to. I think when they emerge, they could be potentially the breakout characters of the season. Does he have bastard sorry. sons? Bastard sons? I don't believe so. I think that he just, had, he just had daughters. He uh, just had daughters. And in in Dorne, um, gender roles are not what they are in the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. Yes. They're fairly progressive in Dorne.
0: Very progressive.
1: So so the the ladies are you know treated. Uh, with the same reverence and respect uh, a- as the men, as far as these warrior women go, they are equally feared. Uh, so people take the sand snakes pretty seriously, I would assume. Okay,
0: uh, There's another scene with Cersei later on in the episode, which comes out of the scene with Tyrion and Varys, where we talk about that there's a lordship out there for whoever brings her the head of Tyrion. Yeah. And, and Tyrion says, Well, they're not going to kill every dwarf in the Seven Kingdoms. Cut to. Yeah. You know, a
1: very cut to, she's killing every dwarf in the Seven
0: Kingdoms. Yeah, cut to a very like Dinklage looking head on the table. Yeah,
1: no, she's she's hunting, she's head hunting for, for Tyrion. And the best is how Literally, like, it's, yeah yeah it's it's not him. Um, and her her guards are kind of like you idiot, you got the wrong person. It looks like they're going to really punish punish him. And Cersei's like, nah, don't punish him. Like, I wouldn't want to discourage people from trying. <laughs> so she'd rather get the wrong heads than get no heads at all. Uh, so she's she's happy to be getting a collection of uh, of dwarf heads right now, which is uh, says says a lot about Cersei. And you know, we talked about is this going to be the season where we like Cersei more, where we where we appreciate where she's coming from more? Not um, yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. When this is what she's doing, um, when not when she's great, Josh. This, yeah, when she's doing this with no remorse, that's a that's a bad luck for Cersei Lannister for
0: sure. <laughs> um, now, the person that takes the head, uh, Quyburn. Yeah, Maester Quyburn. He's the guy who
1: you know he nursed Jamie when Jamie had his hand hacked off. He's the guy that um, that was kind of tending to the mountain. Yeah, where's our ma-
0: update on the mountain?
1: I don't know. I don't know where our update on the mountain is. Hopefully we'll get one. It
0: seemed like he was in critical condition uh, that you would think that they would give us an update.
1: Didn't seem like he was doing so hot.
0: Um, <laughs> he was doing nope. so hot, but no
1: update. No update on the mountain yet, but Kyburn remains very much in play. Um, so maybe that update is forthcoming. But Kyburn is that guy. He was the guy who was tending to the mountain after the mountain got uh, poisoned by the Red Viper before the Red Vipers had exploded. Um, and Kyburn, I guess, is now like Cersei's go-to guy. Yeah. And so, and he's got, he wants to do something with the dwarf head.
0: Yeah. He gets named to the small council, and Cersei has like a meeting with everybody. And she doesn't, lots of people are unhappy with some of the positions that she's giving out.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Mace Tyrell is the only one who's happy with
0: it. <laughs> well, he wants to be Hand of the king. She's like, no, no, no we have more important jobs for you. He's like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm master of coin and ships. That's awesome. Yes. Double duty. All right, but some one person is particularly unhappy, and that would be Kevin Lannister.
1: Kevin Lannister, um, yeah, you know, always, always a bridesmaid, never hand of the king. Uh, I think he really wanted that job pretty badly, and he does not appreciate where Cersei is coming from. Does not respect. Does not acknowledge Cersei's authority. He does not. Um, he does not plan to bend to her will. He does not plan to join her, her farce of a small council. Uh, and he's wondering, where the hell is Tommen? Where's Tommen to tell me all
0: this stuff? Where's Tommen? Where is Tommen? Tommen's hanging out with Sir Pounce. They're playing. Is Leave he he's not hanging out with that whore from High Garden? Whoa, come on now. <laughs> That's some Cersei's work. That smirking whore from High Garden. You're quoting. You're quoting. Yes. Uh, probably, yeah. I
1: would That's never pro- say that about Marjorie. That's probably exactly where he is. Uh, yeah. And hanging out with Sir Pounce, playing with the cat. Whoa. Yeah. Easy, Josh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, what, do you, what do you think about Kevin Lannister just like uh, by Felicia and Cersei here, and just saying, "I'm out. I'm going back to Castle Rock. If uh, if he wants me, he can. He can send for me. That's where I'll be."
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think that we will see uh, Tommen be like, "Hey, Uncle Kevin, could you come back to the Small Council?" Writing him a letter. Yes. Like, dear Uncle Kevin, dear Uncle Kevin, <laughs> this is your nephew Tommen. Today I played with your parents.
1: Uh No, I don't think we'll see that yeah I don't, think, okay. I don't think we'll see that scene anyway all right i don't think cersei cares if he leaves i don't like i don't think that she likes the way she was talked to in front of everybody though
0: no she doesn't like she can't I don't like think she likes
1: that just don't throw me no shade
0: i mean cersei's running out of allies i think yeah
1: for <laughs> sure she's got kyburn uh jamie's in dorn she doesn't have jamie anymore um Pysell, who is like the biggest kneecap sucker at that table, does not even seem to be able to hold his tongue because Kyburn is there and he has no respect for Kyburn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's got one friend right now.
0: Yeah, she's got Kyburn. Uh, she has uh, Lord uh, Mace Tyrell, and uh, and that's that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> that's about it. And that's Mace Tyrell, great. like, I mean, she doesn't even
1: and like Mace
0: family that much. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a bad, bad time. It's a lonely time for for Cersei. All right, let's talk about Littlefinger and Sansa and Brienne and Pod. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, they were so close yet so far last week, and now uh, they finally have collided. These two storylines. Brienne has been looking for a Stark girl for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Found Arya in the season four finale. Arya didn't want to be found, uh, so they went their separate ways. And it looks like Brienne's not interested in being rejected twice because Sansa rejects her here, but Brienne's not having that. She's still coming after Sansa.
0: So Sansa and Littlefinger are hanging out. Sansa's still wearing the Power of Vito necklace. Yeah, and, that's right. And she's, and she's hanging out with Littlefinger at the cafe. And then Pod sees that uh, there is Sansa there and tells Brienne. And Brienne goes up to confront them. Now, Sansa basically tells Brienne, no, I don't, I don't want your help. Uh, after Littlefinger sort yes. of like embarrasses her in front of everybody about how, what a bad job she's doing. But sure. that, that being said, do you think Sansa should have been more receptive to Brianna Tarth?
1: Um, you know, I I get why she's not. Uh, you know, she's encountered a lot of terrible people over the past couple of years. Uh, Littlefinger, she knows what Littlefinger is capable of. It's like the devil you know sort of situation. Where I think um, she at least feels like she has a read on Littlefinger and what Littlefinger wants, and she feels like she can operate within Littlefinger's world. Whereas Brienne, she doesn't know Brienne at all. The only thing she knows about Brienne, other than what Brienne is selling her right now, is that she saw with her own two eyes Brienne kneel before Joffrey at Joffrey's wedding. Um anybody who's kneeling before Joffrey is immediately suspect to her. So is she going to seriously entertain Brienne right now was that really a better situation than whatever Littlefinger's got going on? Not necessarily, certainly not on the surface of it.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like Sansa's in such a bad spot with Littlefinger.
1: It's not a terrible position it seems like right now. I mean, compared who knows to where she's been? Who knows where it's going? Yeah, compared to where it's been and you know, if he's basically promised her already like I'm taking you to wherever Cersei cannot touch you. That sounds more appealing than whatever Brienne's pitch was, which is, uh, did she even have a pitch? Her pitch was basically, hey, I knew your mom. Let's go. Yeah. Go where? Go where? With Pod. With Pod? And now look, I know that Pod is sort of um, a champion. Hey, Sansa's not that kind of lady. Yeah, Josh. Pod's a champion in his own right, but Sansa's not that kind of lady. doesn't know anything about Pod. Yeah. I don't know. Brienne doesn't have much to offer right now. It doesn't say what like she needs to. She needs to work on her sales pitch. Let alone uh, Danny with with her her speeches that she's making. I think Brienne needs to take some lessons as well. She could use uh, Tyrion Lannister and Associates as expertise right now.
0: Yeah, she did not have a great pitch. And then yeah. we have a big chase that ends up happening, where then Littlefinger tells her to stay. And I think that was a smart move on her part to get out of there because I think. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stay meant stay and die. Bad move to go and approach them, but good move to get the hell out of there. And her and Podrick go and run for it. Uh, The guys end up chasing her. Podrick ends up going in a different direction. He ends up getting thrown off his horse and into the water. Typical pod. Classic pod. Classic pod. Uh, And then it looks like he's going to be done for, but here comes Brienne out of nowhere and takes out two guys. And Brienne and Podrick are going to follow Littlefinger.
1: Yeah, so to be continued on that. What do you think? Sword through the throat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, tough stuff. Tough stuff for for sure. But yeah, Brienne and Pod, uh, we were kind of wondering if those two were going to stick together. Brienne was talking about tossing Podrick off the team. You know, I don't need a squire. Uh, I'm not a knight. You should go your own way. And it looks like that is no longer a concern. It looks like she still wants Pod. She now has a line on Sansa Stark. She's going to need all the help she can get. She is not giving up on this plan. Yeah.
0: Uh, Rianne <laughs> and Podrick should just be hanging out at these uh, cafes more and more. They're like the uh, Jerry and George of Westeros that they just sit there like, hey, isn't that over there? Uh, that <laughs> person. Uh, the last season, yeah, the hot pie was like, hey, uh, you know what? You know, it tells them about uh, where to go for uh, to go find. Was it Arya? Or, yeah, yeah. They, or they got a lead on going, uh, going to the Erie. Right, right. Yeah. And so then this season, again, same exact thing, almost like hanging out in a cafe. Yeah. Brienne's got like the
1: worst best luck. Or is it the best worst luck? Like she she's in the right place at the right time a lot of the time. But then she just like handles it horribly. Not with Renly, not with Renly. <laughs> that was okay. the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: OK. All
1: right. So also, uh, it doesn't help her case when she's trying to win Santa over. and She says Renly Baratheon was killed by a shadow. That's what happened. I know it's what happened, but maybe figure out something else to say that doesn't make you sound like a lunatic. Mm, Yeah. Makes you sound like a crazy person. A shadow with the face of Stannis Baratheon. Just say Stannis
0: Baratheon killed him. Did the shadow have the face of Stannis? I need to go back and take a look at that. It was odd. I felt like, you know, they do those big like uh, previously on Game of Thrones. They didn't put that scene in there. They should have done that. They should have done that. I would, have, have, like, that. I would have liked a refresher on that one. Okay. Have done that. What God. do you think? Question time? Yes. Question time is here. All right. Of course, uh, send in your questions, hashtag recaps. I know there was so much to get into in this episode that we're an hour into this before we get to the questions. But Joshua, what do we have to start with?
1: All right. Let's start with Rabs266. Rabs writes, the show answered the question that I had last Sunday about the size of Drogon. Now that we saw him, do you think Danny will find a way to control her dragons this season and ride them to... To show power to the people against her. Yeah, this came up last week of like, how big are these dragons
0: going right, to get? The aquarium are, theory.
1: Yeah, are any of these dragons going to get big enough to, to ride? Is the fact that some of them are locked away in a dungeon, does that mean they're not going to grow to riding size? Well, we saw Drogan tonight. What's your take? Ridable?
0: <laughs> well, he's not my kind of dragon. Is, Dro- is Drogan ridable? I, I believe so. You should I ask be-
1: Pentos. We should ride into Pentos.
0: Yes. About this. yes. All right. I would say certainly is. I mean, size wise is certainly he might be too big to ride. I don't know what you hold on. Like, can you put a saddle on? On Drogon? Can you like strap like a bucket to his back? Stop, stop, stop. Don't say that. Don't say that. Uh,
1: Yeah. No, I think the question is out there. I think think Drogon is huge. Uh, and and we need we need we, we need to see somebody riding that track. He's huge. We needed him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Uh, this is from Not Forsaken. He said, "Did Danny just make the same mistake that Rob Stark made uh, with Rickard Karstark in season two? You want to compare that? Was that
1: season two or I think that was season three because that was like a precursor Martin to Martin Lannister the, to the Red yeah, Wedding. That yeah, I think bit. yeah, yeah. I think we we were setting up some Red Wedding nonsense with that. So I think that was season three. Neither here nor there. Um, Similar." I, I think it's similar for sure. I think it's similar in um, Danny is making a judgment call that you know I, I get I get where she's coming from morally. I think morally she thinks like well if I'm punishing these people like I have to I have to have an equal policy for anybody who is uh, offending the laws who's breaking the laws. Um, but uh, I feel like. You know, it's 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 a it's not thought through. You know, it's it's maybe it's the quote unquote right thing to do morally, but it's the wrong move to make politically. And right now, politically matters a whole heap and lot when she's ruling over a city that she really has no business being at.
0: Yeah, stark like even very stark like very stark like uh, indeed. The law is the law.
1: The law is the law. This is this is related. This is from Dave Baker. Dave Baker writes in: uh, Would it be in Danny's best interest to leave Marine?" Um, right
0: now, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everybody, leave this godforsaken place. Get out of there! What get are you doing, there. you stupid idiot? Get out!
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think right now it's probably a good time to go. <laughs> probably want to go.
0: Yeah, you stupid idiot. You know, go get out of get here. Get out Shoot. of there. You got the unsullied, and look, the unsullied—they they didn't even turn on her. So I mean, they're they're good. It's these, I've been saying it since season three. These slaves are useless. What is so good about them? These slaves are so dumb. These slaves (laughs) that there's no point to even having them. What do you need a million slaves for? You have the Unsullied, you have dragons. Yeah, and now she's just like created, she's manufactured this mob. Uh, You know, she's she's increased
1: the mob's numbers so significantly uh, of all these people who who are just hissing at her. Uh, You know that's a big crowd, and she has contributed to that crowd in a big way. So yeah, Danny, move on, move move right along. Uh, Either like fix this
0: fast or get out of it. Yeah, I just want to take your temperature real quick, Josh. Uh, Do you would you think it would be a good idea? Should we find somebody from this podcast audience? and execute them on the show next week. What do you think? I don't
1: I don't think we want to do that. I feel like that <laughs> might get us flagged on YouTube and uh, we might uh, we might be in some trouble. I say
0: here's here's my plan. Let's let's play let's find somebody from the from the audience, uh-huh. okay? Uh, let's let's plan to execute them and then at the last second say, "You know what? Yeah, we we hear the will of the people. There will be no execution this week yeah, and our approval rating will just be sky high." No, I
1: think people will be mad if we promise if, we no, not if we they not. want blood.
0: Uh, so you think we have an audience, like a, a Joffrey-esque audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Once think we absolutely. put it out there, there's going to be a beheading on the show next week? Yeah, I think you've <laughs> already set expectations. Satisfied really up bloodlust? Oh my yeah. God. You I think, I, I, listen, horrible. I don't know
1: about next week. That's short notice, Rob. But I think we could do a beheading before the season is over. <laughs> we'll put that in the works. We'll put the beheading in motion. It'll
0: happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's take another question. Who's this from? Uh, this is from Jordan Kalish. I believe uh, it's pronounced Kalish, John. Is it
1: Jordan Kalish? I <laughs> believe so. Like delish. Uh, Jordan Jordan Kalish uh, writes in, who knew the Night's Watch had so many Eric Cardonas, David Murphys, and Spencer Bledsoe's? There you go. There you That's go. It's very, very funny. I like that.
0: All right. Let's keep going. Uh, and this is from Jason Burning says uh, what happened to the smoke baby did it just do its thing or poof or is it uh, roaming around somewhere yeah this is actually a very good question that I have Josh and you know I am uh, you know I've talked about this on the Game of Thrones uh, Road to Westeros uh, series so I'm pretty much done with the Clash of Kings audiobook and you know of course so that's doing very good so the stuff from season two is you know uh, top of mind for me and so you know, they did that whole thing with they had the, the smoke baby that kills Renly. Then they have the smoke baby that takes over. You know, that's how they take over Storm's End in the book, uh, which I'm not sure if they did that also on on the show. But then there really no, no mention of smoke baby again. Uh, why has why has Stannis abandoned his most effective tactic? I don't really know. Uh, the smoke
1: baby thing was a great move. You would like to think that smoke baby might do it twice back. Um, Yeah. You would, you would think that the smoke baby it's like, it's kind of like the um, it's the nuclear option in the Baratheon arsenal. Uh, He needed to, he needed to use that to to infiltrate uh, Renly's camp and, and kill his brother off and make sure that he could, you know, increase his army. Um, But who knows what it takes out of Melisandre other than it literally physically takes smoke baby out of her. Um, But, like, who knows what that does to her in terms of, like, power levels and energy levels and just not feeling physically fantastic. So I could see it being, like, one of those, like, last resort measures, something that they really don't want to do unless they really,
0: really have to do it.
1: Okay. All right. But as for where the actual smoke baby is... Your guess is as good as mine. Where where does it
0: go? Where does it? Does it just like dissipate into like the ether after it's like a firework? Yeah, it's like uh, burning a hole in the ozone layer. Yeah, just just like uh, it's just like it's like a uh, a cloud of of dust. Like it's it it goes hiss hiss. Yeah, it's it's just hissing. Yeah, I think so. It Hisses away. All right, this is a question from Bonaparte Thundercats on Twitter, who wants to know. Why is Tommen not allowed to attend the small council meetings? Do you have a take on that? Um, I do have a take on that.
1: I think that Cersei right now is... I don't think that Cersei... Like, I don't think if Cersei had her first choice, I don't think that she would have had her brother escape from prison and murder her father. Mm. I don't think that that would be first on her list of things that she would want to have happen that being said she's making lemon cakes out of uh out of lemons you know she's she's making the most out of her situation she's figuring out that there is a power vacuum here in king's landing um tommen is the king there are people who are competing for tommen's interests tywin is gone there needs to be a new tywin there needs to be a new influencer there needs to be a new decision maker because tommen is very young tommen is best 14 15 and i think maybe that's old um, in the in the books he's younger but they've they've aged uh, the kids up in uh, between the books and the shows but he's young he's very young uh is not is not hip to, to this stuff doesn't have the cruel streak that joffrey has has like the opposite problem of joffrey he's a sensitive soul though he seems thick skinned uh, and i think that tommen just doesn't necessarily have the have the stones or the pillar to do what needs to be done to rule Westeros effectively, at least in Cersei's eyes. I think Cersei finds Tommen to be very vulnerable to the influence of the Tyrells right now. She is seen in the premiere watching uh, Tommen and Marjorie basically flirt from afar. She does not like Marjorie very much. She has called her the whore of Highgarden. It is no secret that there is no love lost between Cersei and the Tyrells. And I think by leaving Tommen out of it, and being able to just grab the, um, I don't know, grab the stag by the antlers, so to speak. I think, I think that she feels like she can steer the ship in the direction that she wants it to go in. Kevin Lannister sees through this nonsense. Uh, Mace Tyrell apparently does not. And I think the question is going to be, what is Marjorie's counter move? You know, what are the Tyrells going to do in counter to Cersei Acting the way she's acting, will they try to involve Tommen more? You know, are they going to be speaking directly to Tommen? Um, so I think that the reason that Tommen isn't showing up is because Cersei doesn't think that she needs him there. And if he is there, he is such a sensitive guy that maybe he's not going to do everything that she wants him to do. But she's trying to position this so that it looks like that mommy knows best, uh, and in her opinion, mommy does. So I think that's why Tommen's not there. Whether or not this is going to work out for Cersei is a matter of time, you know, we'll, we'll have to watch the season and see, but I think that's where her head's at right now.
0: Okay. Let's take some more questions from Brendan Fitzpatrick. Did John make the right choice? Cause that was a pretty sweet deal. He was offered. Uh, I'm going to have to go out on a limb and say no, no yeah. terrible choice. Bad call, bad call
1: all around for sure. Need to do uh, over. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he'd probably, You know, if he had his druthers, if he knew that he was going to get elected Lord Commander, he'd probably be like, I should have been Lord of Winterfell. Or maybe he should have been like, my first act of Lord Commander is to release myself from the Night's Watch. (laughs) Ah,
0: That's a good call. Yes. Once again, it's been proven. Uh, You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing,
1: Jon Snow. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's happening in episode three. He's like, I don't want it. I'm out.
0: Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, Sam, you're the new leader. Yeah, Sam is in charge. Sam's ready for
1: this. All right. Sam's Give us ready. an
0: Antonio question. Sure.
1: Antonio. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Antonio writes in, what is going to happen in a world with a confident Sam? Well, Tarly in it. Anything is possible. It's true. Sam Sam is the leader as the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. That's that's the Night's Watch I
0: want to be a part of. Yeah. Did, is Sam going to Toastmasters? <laughs> yeah. Sam's just slaying it, man. He's just killing He's it, right? Killed, now. Well, he killed people last season. He killed a, a, a white walker. He killed a wildling. He killed a He's, fen. He's doing great. <laughs> Sam's really
1: doing great. I, I mean, you can't call Sam Craven anymore. There's nothing Craven about this guy right now. No, he's uh, not Craven. He's fantastic. Okay, this is from Roe. We, we touched on this before. We, we can keep talking about it. Uh, why did Jon Snow turn down the chance to be Lord of Winterfell? He could have helped Stannis defeat the Boltons, who are truly devious. Is it just honor, or does he stay because he knows winter is coming? I think that that is an interesting point. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how it's the honor thing, how he's a Stark, he's Ned's bastard. Like this is the way that a Stark is going to play this thing. Um, but there is the not so insignificant matter of white walkers. And John is one of the few believers that the white walkers are coming. He spent enough time with the wildlings to know that this is legit, that there are things beyond the wall that are coming our way and it ain't going to be pretty when they reach us. And I think you know he did, he didn't know that he was going to be elected Lord Commander, but I do think that that's a big part of why he takes his honor and his duty so seriously. Is he knows that for all of this political infighting that's going on, for all this you know this this nonsense of the war of the Five Kings and blah 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 blah, and Stan is competing for the throne and Tom and trying to hang on for the throne and everybody who's trying to get this 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 seat of power, um, none of it's going to matter if White Walkers storm the realm, and I think that he he's probably weighing that fairly heavily in his decision to stick with the watch. So I think that that's fair. If you want to, if you want to side with John on the sticking around at the night's watch thing, I think that that is a decent explanation. Uh, that being said, Lord of Winterfell, man, this that's is a hard that's, thing to say no to. It's
0: a good gig. Um, it's a great gig. Josh, could you just maybe refresh my memory or maybe if it doesn't make sense, uh, we can uh, <laughs> talk about this, that the, the status plan of what he's doing right now, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, He that he went up into the north and, you know, he bailed out everybody on on the wall. And I thought it was, you know, he felt like, okay he was getting involved with the quest to take out the White Walkers. I thought he that he was invested in that, that we saw, you know, basically at the end of season three, I think it was where uh, Melisandre and. Uh, Sir Davos are saying like they, they also realize like, boy, if we don't take care of this White Walker thing, there's going to be no no kingdom to worry about. But right. then he goes from the wall to now he's going backwards to go and take out the north. And, and he's like, I can't even hold the north. Uh, so what, what is he doing with, you know, going to take uh, go after a Bolton in the north? I think
1: that he still has his sights on the Iron Throne. I think he figures if he can topple Roose Bolton, he can rally the North to his cause. I think that he feels like if he can um, you know, take a guy who is just ruthless and, uh, and ruthless uh, and, and treacherous like Roose Bolton, the guy who stabbed the King in the North through the heart and claimed the North that way, I think Stannis feels if he can knock that guy out of power, then his, his um, reputation in the North is really going to be great. And he can, he can use the North to either battle back these White Walkers, although I think right now he probably just he doesn't see too much evidence of that. Um, so I think that's probably part of it. But he can also, you know, whether or not it's battling the White Walkers or marching south towards King's Landing and finally taking the Lannisters out of power with the backing of the North. I think that getting rid of Roose Bolton right now is just good for bolstering his numbers. So I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, I don't think it's super inconsistent with what he's uh, been saying he's up to.
0: Uh, I guess so. It just doesn't seem like the best plan. Well, he's Stannis Baratheon.
1: I don't think his plans are the best. <laughs> it's kind of a dink.
0: I don't know. Um, I mean, what does the North have these days? I mean, the North is like pretty decimated after the Red Wedding and everything there. Long memories. The North I so. remembers. I guess so. Uh, did you like that there was a shout out to uh, Lady Mormont? Uh, yeah, I did. Yes. I Uh, did. Yeah. I I, I,
1: listen. Anytime we can talk about Bear Island, I'm happy.
0: Yes. You know, I love Bear Island. Uh, let what do you want to
1: do? Two more questions. Sure. Let's do two more. This is from spicy wasabi Uh, from last season. Sansa became aware she couldn't fully trust Littlefinger. So did she send Brienne away to save her life? Oh, well, that's a very generous um, interpretation. I think
0: Sansa is, is liking hanging out with Littlefinger. Yeah. I kind of think so too. Yeah. I think she's finally feels like somebody's like we're seeing the confidence, Sansa. She's like the uh, on the Apprentice that she's like uh, learning at the knee of Littlefinger, and she's uh-huh. becoming uh, way more dangerous. And I do believe that the downfall of Littlefinger eventually will be at the hands of Santa Stark.
1: Are you saying that Littlefinger is the Donald Trump of Westeros?
0: Yeah, and I think he's probably has a blind spot. I mean, again, that this his Achilles uh, heel is you know these Lady Starks, and yeah. eventually I think that he's not going to realize it. But Sansa is uh, learning from the master, and one day will be the be the master.
1: Yeah. Um, th- just continuing the the Brienne and Sansa conversation with this last question is from Annie Liebert, who says, "Why didn't Brienne tell Sansa that she saw Arya?" Good <clears throat> question. Yeah, that would be Borderline fair. Underline, fantastic
0: question. <laughs> um, um, again, sales pitch needed work. I don't know what Brian was thinking. Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian, uh, not great. Okay, uh, not great, Brian. Okay, and last question, uh, Samuel Tarley. Uh, hey, Rob, who is the MVP of this episode? Who gets? Who gets the fishy this week, Josh? <laughs> who gets the black
1: fishy? Who gets the black fishy? Right. Who gets the black fishy? Um, good. Question. Not Danny. <laughs> not, it's not Danny. It's not John not, Snow. Not John Snow. Not Danny. Uh not Brienne. Uh um, here are the
0: nominees. Here yeah. are the nominees. Uh nominee number one, I would say it would have to be uh Samuel Tarley. he gets a nominee he's one nomination. Listen, you know where I'm voting. Okay. Already. Nominee number two, Jake and Hagar. Okay. Okay. Uh and I'll say number three. Uh boy. It's tough because a lot of people were doing things that I maybe not were such great ideas. What about Maester Ron? Kyburn? Great night for Maester Kyburn. <laughs> I guess so. He got a he got a
1: dwarf's head, he got a promotion. <laughs> I actually think maybe he's the MVP
0: of the night. Because he got ahead and also got to be master of whispers. Yeah, he got ahead. Yeah. Okay. In both ways. All right. There you go. Gets It gets ahead and uh, literally and figuratively. All right. Yeah. Josh Wiggler, uh, fantastic job. Uh, what is your timetable on Game of Thrones book club this week?
1: Yeah, so we're going to do that on Friday. We're going to do that uh, this coming Friday. Uh, Terry Schwartz and I, we will be live again. It was very fun with the, with the crew that could make it for the last book club. We're going to do it this coming Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific. We will be going talking about book stuff for about an hour. That's, that's how about how long it lasted last time. So expect to do that later this week on Friday. So lots to look forward to this week.
0: All right. And then the next Game of Thrones show we're going to do is our feedback show. So you can get in your voicemails at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Or you can send us your emails at got at postshowrecaps. And Wiggs and I are going to get together probably a Tuesday or Wednesday for that show. We got a talk schedule. Yeah, we'll
1: figure that out, but probably right around there.
0: Right around there. So midweek, we'll do our feedback show. And then one week from tonight, episode three of Game of Thrones season five will be almost like a third of the way through it. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, this show does go really fast. It does go by fast. It's like yeah. uh, you blank and then it's over. But that'll be next Sunday night, episode three of Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. wh- which episode do you like better? The first or the second one? Um... I don't know. I, I'm liking them both right now. Yeah. Don't don't ask me to to pick between. between <laughs> you have to pick. Yeah. Okay. I like tonight's episode better. I thought the first episode was great, but I like this one better. I like having Aria back. Yeah. I think yeah. we had a we had a, a couple of uh you know some uh we had some action we had some intrigue we had yeah. some uh, crazy stuff happen. So I enjoyed the vote
1: uh, at the at the wall. I thought that was great. And even though it was terrible for Danny, uh, I was greatly amused by everything happening in Marine because it was just such a disaster.
0: All right, Josh. Do we have a hashtag for this marathon Game of Thrones recap? Ooh, hashtag, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I was, as soon as I try to uh, copy some down, uh, I liked when you called Danny an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I forget what exactly what you said.
1: I called her a uh, stupid idiot, but I feel like
0: that hashtag's probably taken. Uh, off. You also referred to a uh, rando son of the harpy. <laughs> Do you want to go hashtag Rando's son of the harpy? That's long. That's, that's long. Dark. That's the last. Re- that's the last resort. How
1: about let's let's hear who everybody would give the hashtag blackfishy to?
0: Okay, so blackfishy, and then uh, with the person's name. Yes. Okay. And w- and why? And why is the hashtag? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Josh, uh, great job. Thank you, Scott St. Pierre, for pulling the questions as well. Thank all you guys for watching and joining us live after the episode and to those of you guys listening in the archives as well. Uh, we appreciate everybody. So looking forward to reading your feedback on postshowrecaps.com. Follow Josh Wiggler on Twitter. He's at Howard. Like Round Howard, Rounder. Yes. I'm at Rob Sisternino, And, of course, make sure you subscribe to our Game of Thrones podcast feed at postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, Valar Morghulis, take to Harris. Bye.